0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I am JQ. This episode was recorded live at the dish Arms, which is why it sounds a little bit strange. Uh, this is the gig I was talking about last week uh, where I went on stage and then messed it all up and got it all wrong, uh, which was frustrating to say the least. Anyway, because we did it on site, it's a little bit of a shorter one, but nonetheless, it's still very good. So let's get on with the wonderful Paul Langton. Paul. Hello. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure (laughs) to be here. This is only the second time I've done this outside of the studio. Ah, well, you've picked a good uh, good environment. I have. the, uh, The one that is the Cavendish Arms Ballroom. The very famous Cavendish Arms. Yes. Well, I like to say infamous because <coughs> it's a bit Marmite. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But, you know, we yeah. do.
0: We love it. We love it. It's the scene of my um, my third ever gig. Yeah. Was I, I comparing that? You were right?
1: comparing. I watched a video today and it was
0: awful. Not your comparing, my um, set. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I've, still got a, I've still got a DVD uh, of my first ever performance. And I just watch it when I want to feel really depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going too well, you've got a big head, watch this. Oh God, <laughs> I do Jude Lord jokes about paedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't funny then either, so.
0: So how long have you been doing uh, comparing at uh, the
1: Well, comparing here, mm. uh, which is my main compare <clears throat> gear, I suppose, uh, I've been doing for three years in September. Has it been fun? Yes, yeah, I, I love it, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very much about lion taming more than <laughs> any real comedy. The I mean? we, we, we get about well, we get about twenty acts a night, and you know that's twenty acts doing five minutes or as close to five minutes as physically possible. Yeah, so it's uh, it's great. You know, it's like going to Edinburgh in the sense that you see everything in one night. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's a good list of people on tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the great thing is, I mean, just, I don't know how much you've talked about this before with the background. It's it's uh, it's an open white night. So mm. it, it, the majority of people who come here are very new. I mean, the very name Comedy Virgins tells you that. Yeah. But we do also get people who've been coming here for, well, since its inception about six years ago, and they're always trying new material. And we get we get the odd one or two TV star who started off down here coming down to do quick five minutes just for a tour or yeah. or a show or something. So it's fun. It's been good. Who's Who's been the, uh, the best? What's the best thing you've seen in your tenure? Oh, God. Um, it's one of those things. It's The best thing isn't necessarily, you know, comedy per se. It's, yeah. uh, we had one girl whose act involved her stripping completely naked <laughs> right, okay. uh, from the waist down. Right. And she uh, strategically had a, a, a lettuce leaf, or I believe it was Pak Choi, <laughs> over the... Uh, The relevant bits, and it's just surreal watching things. And then you you also get complete pearls. You get people who probably never do it again, who just be dead to go up on stage, and they're they're brilliant. It's one of the reasons I love it is because every every week, every week is absolutely different. Yeah, and uh, the Cavendish Cup, of course. oh yeah, the the famous Cavendish Trophy, the most exclusive comedy competition in the world (laughs) that can only be won three times a week, every week of the year. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. When I first started doing this or coming here as an open micer, that would have been sort of two thousand and nine. It'd been going for about a year, and it was quite surprising how many people thought so much of having this little, yeah, you know. And I'm not insulting it; it is a crappy little <laughs> as the trophy. We, we buy them by a box for about five hundred, I think. But um, you know, people in, in you know comedy CV. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people put, oh, I've done this, I've done this paid gig, I've I've got so far in the heats of So You Think You're Funny. Some people used to put, I've won the Cavendish Arms Trophy. Yeah. Uh, and, and you'd be surprised how many people <laughs> who you look at now, like Pat Cahill, who won our, our, our annual competition the yeah. first year we ran it, another well, no, the second year we ran it. Um, that you know He was quite proud of that. And yeah? it, it's interesting. You know, it, it's all about levels with, with comedy, I mm. think. If you're an open micer and you win this, you feel good about yourself. If you're an open micer and you get your first paid gig, you know it's all about where, where, you, where you aim and, and how you do things. Really. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, it's something I can't put on my CV yet. Not yet. No. Not yet. Oh. You've come
1: close, haven't you? Twice I've come close. Yeah. I was on a good
0: run. You've got up on. You've got up for the clap up at the end. <laughs> the last time I was here, I looked at the list of names. I thought. I was so arrogant. I thought I don't know any of these people. I'm going to win. This This is going to be
1: easy. Do you know what? That's the thing. That's the that's the great thing about it. Because there's loads of comedy courses out there, and there's loads of people who just you know they. Especially about September time, you get loads of people who went up to the fringe and thought yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Um, you just you get a night where you don't know one name, and you you do think to yourself, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> and then by the third or fourth act, um, you're like, my God, they're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. But you know, I'm not going to lie. There are some nights where the time between an eight, eight and ten thirty seems to take about <laughs> seventeen years. I mean, was and there one night that was crying. quite?
0: He said, uh, "Dangerous. Tea, got ten minutes."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a thing. Well, at least there's three different hosts. We do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and I, I host Wednesdays. and We have a thing myself and the, and the sound lady Twix. Uh, where she plays the final countdown if people yeah. go on too long. I've never heard it. It's only been played about twice in really? three years. Jeez. But the first time was the first night. We Absolutely. I mean, this room, to describe people, it, it comfortably seats uh, about 50. Yeah. Uh, but that particular night, one actor bought 30 or 40 friends. And Jesus. it was literally, there was about 100 people in this back room. And what happens is I time all the acts. Yeah. And I, I give them a notification when they're done four minutes of the to start wrapping up. But it was so packed and so many people were standing that I couldn't get out to tell this guy that he was done. Right. And I couldn't signal to Twix to, to play Final Countdown. And I believe she was over in the sound booth trying to signal to me, going, should I play it? Should I play it? Because this guy was awful. <laughs> he was part of a sketch group who, I'm, you know, I'm I not going say... No, no. I not I'm not going to say... I'm not going to name names. I genuinely can't remember the, the group. But the two of them didn't turn up, so he asked if he could do stand up and of course you can it's yeah. might not of course you can and he went on this rant about uh jimmy Savile uh, and okay. uh that he was actually doing ch- disabled children favors uh so okay. you can imagine the room yeah did not like this man but I couldn't get him off stage couldn't signal to the sound lady to to play the final countdown so i just heard from the back of the room someone start going dun dun da da da, da. and the whole <laughs> of the back of the room started singing the final countdown to, to, and this guy just walking off stage it was it was an immense experience. <laughs> but most of the time, people are so new that five minutes, when you first start, you know this. Yeah, Five minutes is... Uh, it's an eternity. It does feel like an eternity. And when you do certain courses, they do say to you, not, not pause for applause, <laughs> but they do say that you should probably only really have about three and a half minutes of material because yeah. you find yourself riffing. Or if it goes well, people laugh and clap and you've got to factor these things in. So yeah. it is quite funny watching people wait for me to appear. At four minutes <laughs> and other people who've got a bit more experience or are having a really good gig so really riffing on it sort of depressed that they realize they've only got a minute to go but no it's uh it's good what's been the best response to you popping your head around the corner oh what i do is uh, <laughs> i pop my head around the side of the stage and i, I waggled my index finger to 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 you know tell the acts they've got a minute left and i can't remember what it was it was something and it wasn't a deliberate thing by the act but it was a, a black guy on stage and He'd done this really good piece about um, uh, reverse racism. And then I was backstage getting ready for the next act and it had been a long night and I was doing some admin. So I just looked at my watch and went, oh, he's got four minutes, and I came out and wagged my finger and got a standing ovation. And I couldn't understand why. <laughs> right. And it's because he He just said, any racist in the audience, put your hand up, will you? <laughs> and me, uh, a very a very tall, balding white guy, just sort of stuck my head around the corner. hit yeah yeah, Me? Me? Yeah, it's me. fine So uh, didn't have a clue why. And then he went on too long, so I had to I had to get him off stage. So I just put my hand up to be a racist, and then had to kick the black guy off stage. <laughs> so that was fun. But no, it's, it's it's a good night, and there's there's lots of there's lots of problems with it, as in people don't like the fact that we are what's called a bringer. Um, yeah, there's a
0: whole sort of uh, re what's the what's the word re. Um, lynch mob (laughs) no reaffirming the beliefs of the night recently yes everyone seems to be getting up in arms about
1: well we did a slight we did a slight rebrand and we just reiterated the 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 things that we do because we do supply a a great room separate from the main bar it's got great lighting great sound and it feels like you're actually well you are on stage it feels like a really good room yeah and what we say is we ask acts to bring a friend to perform don't ask them to pay Uh, You know, we just say to the friend to bring friends down simply because most of the open white scene in London You know, you'll get there and there's nobody there apart from the MC and the acts and yeah I mean it's getting on stage is better than performing in front of a mirror, but I Like the idea of having a a full room if we've got 20 acts, and they've all brought a friend. That's 40 people in the room Yeah, yeah, and you know I try my best at the start to try and whip people up so that they're up for a good night's comedy and, and more often than not it works, but Some people via the medium, the Chortle website and and Facebook, people who I honestly have never heard of and have (laughs) never been down here. So if you're gonna judge it, it, you know, if you come down and you don't like it, and then you tell me you don't like it, I'll go, well, you gave it a try. Yeah. Um, I always look at it this way. If you don't like it, don't come and shut up. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know nothing about politics I'm not going to get into an argument about politics No, no So, you know, these people who do annoy me But it is it is what it is uh, it, Like I said, it's it's called Comedy Virgins for a reason It's for people who are just starting out And once you get to a certain level where you don't need to go to bring a gigs Well, good mm. luck to you It means you're getting somewhere Yeah, and, You know, we'll have you back down We'll have a laugh Good luck to you
0: That's exactly what I'm going to do tonight
1: Well, you know And I have brought a friend, so it's all right He's not here yet. Have you brought the owl? <laughs> no, I not oh, I love the owl. <laughs> I have, I did that a little while ago and it went terribly wrong. Our uh, props always make me laugh. <laughs> props always make me laugh because there's always some actor who's, who's like really prop heavy and then realise that halfway through the setup joke they they forgot the prop.
0: <laughs> I saw someone came on as a banana one. That was quite interesting.
1: Yes. Yeah, we do we do get I mean by the very nature of it, we get whatever you like to call them, straight forward stand-ups. We get character acts, we get musical acts. And the great thing about the five-minute thing is that people know they're only going to get five minutes. So you get these very... We had one guy who went on this mad diatribe, very verbose guy who was a big, big bulky guy in a a waistcoat. I don't know if he was on the same night as you, but he had a wrestling mask on. No, I haven't seen him. And didn't refer to it at all at any stage (laughs) during the show. And it had nothing to do with the act. but it just... Worked. I have no idea why. <laughs> and then you get people like, say, so banana costumes. Yeah. We've got an act called uh, a, a, a lady who came, comes down on, on a, called called Chickaquita, and she does a whole act as a black hole, which is <laughs> I, I, I can't explain <laughs> to you because if I one. tried to, you say that's not funny. But <laughs> if you see it, it works absolutely perfectly. But yeah, watch out for that. Definitely. I have seen a few
0: people completely waste their time up there. Like they were trying something. out One guy was um, was pretending he was going to start the gig yeah and then he never did it yeah i thought well, you have to spend all night here, it don't waste and then he did it yeah, again the next time i saw it. yeah but Why? is it a waste
1: is it a waste because uh, you've got to, the best way to find you know you can practice in front of a mirror you can write and write and i'm i've got so, i'm such so, so lazy when it comes to writing yeah i i, I just tried to get not too drunk that if i shouted something and they laughed i remember it but um drunk not wasted yeah drunk not wasted. well yeah, merry <laughs> people they can five minutes is theirs I'm not going to stop someone doing whatever they want to do because sometimes that's how you learn. That guy, I've, I know exactly who you mean, and he's come down since. And that that whole five minutes of getting ready for the joke is now two minutes, and he gets on with it. Good. Okay. Uh, I remember before I hosted it, there was a guy who used to come down as regularly as me, and his he basically came on stage and then started crying. <laughs> I can't remember that. <laughs> and then he, then he then he breathed. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what he did for five minutes. Okay. And the first time he won the cup. And Ah. the second time he came down And did exactly the same thing And absolutely died his ass. But that's how you learn It's weird isn't it I mean I've seen you I've seen you progress I've seen you You know when you first started And then you come down And do something new And then the owl came in And and there's some jokes That I've seen you do That you This sounds like I'm I'm not It's not Meant as an insult, but you still do. because they, <laughs> No, because they work. Because the way well, they, you learn they, they work. I'm going to do all tonight, don't worry. Well, no, but the, the, way that, the way you know they work is because you come down here and you try them out.
0: Exactly. I'm, and to, I'm bringing out Lego Death
1: Star tonight. You, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, is, it is the case that this is the best place on the circuit for people to try out new material, for people to give it a first go and then know they're going to get a good audience. Yeah. I mean, and also, it's the nature of how you get here. People do the comedy courses. People... Learn through whatever course they do, and and some people are just the funny one in the office and they want to see if they can be that funny to strangers. Yeah, and this is the best way to find out.
0: And talking of courses, Mm -hmm. we are both children of Logan Murray, yes, yes, Yes. (laughs) who I've tried to get on this podcast seven times.
1: Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'll say to that. Logan is a busy man. He's a busy man. (laughs) With with all the goodwill in the world. You will get him one day. Just
0: don't hold your breath. I think I'll just have to go to
1: his house and pin him, just put my microphone through the letterbox. Logan. He probably probably would do it that way. He probably would do it that way. Yes, I I am a fellow child of of, of Logan and Jago indeed. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I did the stand-up and deliver course in September of 2009. And it's, no course makes you funny. A course just teaches you how to no, I'm trying to think of the way to put it. No, when I did the course, there was twenty of us, and nobody on wow. that course became funny. They just learned um, if they had if they had something funny to say. The course taught you how to say it in a manner that would pervade to an audience, right. and just the basics of stagecraft. Yeah, a good course will not make you funnier than anyone else on a comedy night. It will just make you more prepared to be funny.
0: Yeah, because there's always this thing about oh, people doing comedy courses. They'll come up and say, I look like so-and-so. Or... Yeah, but
1: that's that, that, that little diet, you know, that all the people, not knocking a great comic, but all the people who have got that Stuart Lee head on them. Oh, you know nothing. You're just doing that. Oh, I was just on the bus. Or, yeah. Oh, don't I look like so-and-so. It's the easiest way to get a laugh. <laughs> so when you're first on stage, you have to find the easiest way to get on side. Because if you do a joke, that you might be very funny, but they don't understand what's going on. Mm. Whereas it's bare, if you look a bit like someone. Uh, when I first started out, I was, I was doing a bit of acting, do you know, uh, for a friend. So I had to have a mustache and I was carrying a bit more weight and had long hair. So I came on and said, uh, I know what you're thinking. It's Jude Law from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and that always got a, an ironic laugh. And then, then I'd turn around and go, actually I look more like Tosh Lyon from The Bill. And that would get a bigger laugh. And that lasted for about three months when I realized that Tosh Lyon, the actor died about 10 years earlier. Yep. I, was so, I was so old, so old I am. <laughs> But, um, you know it's just an easy way to get yourself a, a, you need that warmth, yeah, unless you're a character actor or part of your act is the fact that you don't. I know our acts we're very good at David Mills is brilliant at it, yeah, uh you know, they come on and they, they give that impression i'm you're here for me, you'll shut up, and you'll listen mm. if that's your act if that's your act if that's the way you are on stage, that's brilliant, but you learn that from performing and courses. You know, it's just a, a, another way of doing it. Some people just go, "I'm going to do it." Jump in. Yeah. Good luck to them. Doesn't mean anyone's any funnier. I just think you might be more prepared. For me, I had the um, like that support group of yes. people I could trust. Yeah. and
0: Bitch about other people. Yeah. I
1: haven't bitched about anyone else. Don't worry. Uh,
0: I have. Um, did you have that as well with your class?
1: Yes. Uh, we actually, as as most people who do the the, the stand up and deliver course, we actually started our own night up. Oh, did you? Called Ruby Tuesdays, ah. and we did that monthly for about three three years. That's pretty good going. Oh, we loved it. I mean, we started it off, and it was just the acts who did the show, who did the the course. Yeah. And it's just a way for us to know that every month we'd have a gig. Yeah. Uh, and it was in a it was in a pub. It was the Queen's Head in Piccadilly. And every week we we um, take to every month we take turns comparing. Uh, some people if they had new stuff to say they they go first some people would headline yeah. and then as we went out on the circuit and as always happens with these courses like I said there was 20 of us and I think now there's two no three of us who still do comedy All oh, right. others either gave it up or went into writing or, or just you know they do it very sporadically yeah so as they, that number dwindled we started getting to know people on the circuit and then you know you get to know people who are a bit higher up and as you're charging for the room you can you know it was free and then we started getting names and we started charging because we were people were seeing people do new material but we were also making sure that they had a headliner off the telly yeah. yeah so yeah i mean it was good and it's that support group it is that support group i remember for the first like two or three months after we did the course one of the guys used to work for the bbc so he got us oh, a, really? a, a, stu- a rehearsal space at television center really and every like two or three weeks we'd or we'll go down there on a Sunday and yeah. just perform to each other and, and yeah. do all the little tricks and games that you learn to... Yeah, we used to do that as well, but it lasted about six months and
0: then it just kind of... Everyone just sort of floated away and did their own... It
1: has its natural... It's, it's the natural cause of things. You don't need it anymore. No. You don't need that crutch. You know, yeah. it's like taking the training wheels off a bike. Yes. I never thought about you don't need it anymore. Well, yeah, I don't mean that in a bitchy way. Well. Like, no, I don't no, need yeah. to listen to you scum anymore. <laughs> I'm funnier than you. Um, it's just a case of, you know what you want to say. You, yeah. You've said it in front of people, and then you get nights like Comedy Virgins, uh, you know, Lion's Den, TNT. I think TNT still goes around in County Town. Yeah, I
0: think they've, they've moved to a different venue. I think I'm there in
1: September, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's places where you, you actually learn more, because some it, it's not the best, it's not most conducive to have a receptive audience sometimes. Mm. I think any good comic worth is salt, or her salt. Or he/she salt, or androgynous salt, <laughs> um, salt in all forms uh, needs uh, needs to have a night where they've got a room full of blank faces just going, "What? What are you?" <laughs> I've had that many times.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I've had you it here as well. Yeah, but you learn. You learn. <laughs> and the
1: thing is that you, I, the one thing, the one thing I hate about c- comedy uh, of every level is is when you get home from a gig on Facebook and someone's put, you know, like Paul Langton smashed it at the Cavendish tonight. And I'm like, I was there. You were booed <laughs> off stage. Why are you lying to yourself? You know, uh, I must delete that tweet. <laughs> screw you. Um, retweet. But no, it's um, yeah. I still work for, for the company that yes. does the course, which is Amuse Moose, and um, I st- I sort of help out with a lot of the showcases of which I, you know, I did mine, and you do notice people with little things like um. The Logan Loop, as I said. And, and, and as I said, just the people seem very aware of how to project and where to stand in the light and, and uh. where to put the mic stand. And there's other courses which will remain nameless <laughs> where, you know, you can tell uh, a, a female actor has been told to talk about periods. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, you know, blokes who are very geezery have been told to talk about football, it, and fucking birds. And so you're <laughs> like, I know you're funnier than that. Drop it. Yeah. I, I remember
0: Hill saying on the very first day of the... The lessons, she said to the ladies, yes, if you're wearing a skirt, make sure
1: you wear cycling shorts underneath so people can't see up your skirts. Do you know what? A lot of people, you know, take the mickey when you get, you know, advice like that. You know, If you're going to wear a t-shirt, don't wear anything with too much of a logo on it and all mm. this, but you'd be surprised how many things like that, once you've learned them and you see them in action, you know, and, you know, it, it, there's little things and there's, you know, I, I saw in Chortle someone writing a piece about uh, clothes make the comedian and what you should wear. Really? And I, I do agree with that. Some people have got this mm. thing that you shouldn't wear civvies on stage. You should have a stage outfit.
0: I tried that and I didn't really get on with it. Do you remember I used to wear a shirt and a
1: waistcoat? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have what I called a uh, you know, a specific, if you saw me, went, oh, that's his stage outfit. Right. Okay. But I'd have a pair, of t- a pair of jeans and a T-shirt that I'd always wear on stage. Ah. And it just made me feel like it was a uniform. Yes, that, that, uh, that's and, what I, I was going for. And I think the only reason I got rid of it is that it, well, I was in Edinburgh and, you know, you're there for 30 days. And I began to stink, <laughs> you know. I thought I can't wear this outfit anymore. So I, yeah. you know, I changed what I wore on stage. Um, it, it again, it's it's one of those crutches, you know. If you if you whatever makes you feel comfortable until you found your voice.
0: Yes, because I had that Lego T-shirt as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's good for two laughs. So yeah. it was it was valuable at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, sometimes these things. Are. I remember uh, I used to wear a pair of bright orange Nike, um, and it is Nike. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this, it's not Nike. It's Nike. It's Nike. Um and i used to refer to the fact that you know i was i was late 30s and still trying to live like a kid and then when i got bored of the joke i just thought i don't need to wear these on stage i I might wear them i might not nowadays i you know because i predominantly just do my gig here it's whatever i wear to work and yeah and some deodorant (laughs) that's that's, that is literally about it but no it's um it's it's one of those things it's what i always say it's whatever makes you feel comfortable because there is this big diatribe at the moment that Every, as I look down and see them, uh, every male comic wears, you know, skinny jeans, a pair of Converse and a Lumberjack shirt. I used to have skinny
0: jeans as well.
1: But there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, and then people go, it's just bland and generic. I went, well, if you're concentrating on what they're wearing, they can't be that funny. No. Or if you're concentrating on what they're wearing, you shouldn't be in a comedy club. You should be at the fucking London fashion show. (laughs) There are are certain things that, you know, you you sometimes think there's, you know, guys who specifically wear an outfit because they think it's cool and... I mean, I'm nearly forty. I wouldn't wear something a twenty-year-old would wear. It probably wouldn't fit. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you see. So and I this sounds like a, a generic, a generic remark. It's not meant to be, but there's some girls who wear next to nothing, and you feel like, what? Why are you doing that? You yeah. Know? Is is there is there a point to this? And then you don't you don't want to become as old like misogynistic and sexist, but you know, it, it, it's one of those things. And when you see a guy come up on stage who is wearing a shirt and tie and a suit, and you know that they've not just come from work, you do feel like you've so much effort in what you're wearing you're already making the audience think you better be funny <laughs> you better be funny like you said with your, with your Lego t-shirt Yeah. you then refer to Lego yeah and uh, yeah, t- I've seen some acts uh, Darren Maskell a very funny guy used to come on in the giant panda suit I don't think he referred to the giant panda suit at <laughs> all in some gigs and you're just like unlike the guy with the wrestling mask I was talking about earlier yeah it's just (coughs) so wacky it puts you at your ease you're like oh this is he's going to be funny she's going to be funny they're going to be funny I really want to get a Ghostbusters
0: uniform make one Uh, just wear it on stage and not reference it just make one (laughs) if anyone says anything all you need is a grey well
1: you need a grey boiler suit with orange stripes now we've seen the new Ghostbusters Uh. I don't know if I like this relaunch everything I've seen so far is uh, yeah but the dreaded kiss of death Dan Aykroyd's in it Ah, he's yeah. doing a cameo, so he's giving it the official seal of approval. It's like <laughs> it's like a football manager getting the vote of confidence. When he was in Bordram. Sergeant Bill the remake. I haven't seen that. I mean, with Steve Martin. Oh God, no! I've, yeah, I remember it, but uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, oh, no, he was in it as well. I'm not sure if he was in. Uh, he wasn't in Pink Panther. Yeah, he was announcing his uh, cameo in Ghostbusters, and then uh, said that he's going to be doing Blues Brothers Three. And I was like, He's not. It. No, don't do it. Again. He's not. It's awful. He? Yeah i know i know welcome I know. to the movie digest the other podcast i do
0: about films
1: <laughs> do you remember um uh, herring when yes. they did the yeah. um inter- alternative movie endings no oh it's brilliant i actually i was in extra in the in this morning richard not judy yeah. so i did the i did the extras Braveheart scene this was back in 99 it was hilarious but their, their their deleted scene for blues brothers 2000 was um uh i think it was richard herring as dan Aykroyd pissing <laughs> on john belushi's grave <laughs> Uh, and we've, I can imagine doing that we filmed yeah. it <laughs> in a cemetery out in Finchley it might be Finchley Criminal. no it's a cemetery so it's out Finchley way but it's quite funny watching you know <laughs> action and pissing on a grave and just seeing people obviously coming to see their, their departed loved ones just seeing a bloke in uh, what looked like he was in a funeral because he was just like a blues brother with a hat on pissing on a grave It's love watching uh i must have seen you on the telly
0: then because i used to watch that when i was at uni i was one of the apostles ah okay yeah, yeah. And My fr-
1: uh, my friend was the alien in the episode <laughs> that the alien came and got the curious orange i love the curious orange yeah that's my <laughs> paul putt he's so paul putnam and kevin eldon are hilarious yeah hilarious i mean you, you sound like i'm doing my biography. I had very little to do with any of them because we were just extras. Yeah, but yeah. you'd see them wandering around and you'd have a chat to them. And I just remember having a deep and meaningful conversation about Batman comics with Stuart Lee. Yeah, and just feeling really cool that I just talked to Stuart <laughs> Lee. And then having a director saying, "Yeah, can you fuck off? We're trying to film." I'm like, oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, so let's turn towards your own. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I said I started in in 2009. Uh, what, what made you want to do it? I don't know. I think it was a little bit of that. I was, I was normally the loudest in the room and yeah. whenever we went on the works I was always cracking jokes and making people laugh. And then I thought, I just bit the bullet and thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I, and I did the course and loved it. And that first zeal you have, that first six months, I think yeah. I was gigging three or four nights a week. Yeah. I entered a couple of competitions, uh, Laughing Horse New Act of the Year, and I got to the semifinals. Uh, and I got to the final of the Up the Creek One to Watch. And it was going really well. And it was... Um, you know, you just really enjoy it. Mm. And, and I'd just been made redundant from a, an advertising job. So I had some spare cash so I could go out to Edinburgh the following day. Ah. So I went to Edinburgh for a month and absolutely adored it. And, and then the real world crashes in, you know. <laughs> September the 1st. Yeah, September the 1st, you think, oh, yeah, I've got a job, have I? Oh, is this a bill I see before me? And, um, and your liver cries out for about two, two months after Edinburgh as well. Um, or whatever other substance you choose to pollute in your body. <laughs> I sound a bit <laughs> preachy there. I'll have a bit of sniff me. But, um, yeah, so I, I did that and then uh, went, into, went back into the real world. Uh, had some... Uh, sadly, my mum passed away, so that put me off comedy. Well, not put me off comedy, but, you know, sort of changes your, your mindset yeah. for a while. Um, so I don't gig as much as I should. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do miss it. I do, I do miss the, um, the feeling of getting up on a stage in uh, a strange venue and not knowing what to expect <laughs> that, that's half the fun though i like i like yeah. that, that adrenaline when you walk on uh and you know you you either have just seen the act, the act before you who's got a similar joke set and mindset die on his his or her ass or one gig i did in kent where i found out the majority of the audience came down every month and there was loads of them and it was a local branch of the edl of course. and i went on after a after a guy who did a, a whole a really a, a, a a Midland comic called John Williams, if memory serves correctly, um, who did a whole set on uh, There Ain't No Black in the Union Jack and saying, Does that mean that the Welsh hate dragons and, and that the Japan hate the sun and all this kind of? It's really, really good stuff, but you can see the audio sort of knuckle dragging. <laughs> and then at the time, I came out doing my stuff about how much Princess Diana's a slag. So. <laughs> Greatest night of my life. <laughs> they actually loved me because I finished off on a thing about you know uh, something to do with the student riots or something. But it, it, I, I love I love that whole feeling of getting up on the stage and thinking this is going to be interesting.
0: When was the last time you died on your ass?
1: Oh God! <laughs> I'd say the one I remember more than it. Well, I don't remember. I was informed I was doing a double hander <laughs> in Edinburgh um, uh, with Alex Love, uh, called a mixed bag. And we're at the three in Edinburgh. And if you don't know the fringe at all, this venue is the only place during the fringe that allows stags and hens. Yes. So it was a Sunday, the bank holiday Sunday, so full of stags and hens. I just watched Arsenal get demolished 8-2 by Manchester United. And a, a Manc fan who'd taken pity on me had bought me a pint of Guinness for every goal they scored. Oh, jeez. So I consumed eight <laughs> pints of Guinness with no food in 90 minutes. <laughs> then during, during my half hour of the set, I downed two cans of super tenants. It was part of the set. And because it was the last night of the Fringe, we had loads of flyers left. I got a staple gun and some sellotape and made myself a kilt and sporran out of flyers. (laughs) Uh, So I went on stage with a t-shirt, a kilt, a sporran, um, trainers and nothing else. And I can't remember any of my half hour. (laughs) But all I remember is, I I do have little flashbacks I remember just sort of closing my eyes and opening them and just looking to what was quite a packed room of people just... A mixture of anger and pity. <laughs> that's the last time I think I truly, truly died on my ass. But that's not to say I'm, I've been great since 2010. <laughs> which just shows how little I gig. Yeah. But you know, it's it's horses for courses. I you, you do sometimes feel like you've had an awful gig, and then afterwards you come on stage, and people went, "Ah, oh, it's brilliant." Yeah. Because and you, you, you've done you've done stuff at the fringe, haven't you? Uh, not a show, just um, spots here and there. But at the end, when you do the bucket at the end for your donations. I mean there's nothing worse than having a room full of 60 people that didn't seem to laugh for an hour of you and your friend yeah. and then you're standing at that door feeling like an absolute prick yeah. having to ask them for donations thinking they didn't enjoy that and they're coming out patting you on the back going oh that's brilliant you guys are so funny yeah and you just feel like well thank you yeah. <laughs> could you have conveyed that during the actual comedic experience you know cause, it's weird isn't it People yeah. just smiling nod oh yeah judge your audiences but also, the thing about laughter is, depending on the room you're in, if it's a brightly lit room, or there's not as many people as there are seats, people are scared to laugh. Yeah, People will never laugh. People never want to be the first person to to do that belly laugh. Yeah. or, or Not necessarily belly laugh, that's big up myself. But sometimes you will, you will look out and you see people just with these big, beatific smiles, and you know they're all going, I, I want to laugh, but <laughs> they'll hear me. <laughs> and also, if you go to any hipster... Places in Shoreditch or Hoxton or Dalston—I know there's loads of open mics down there—and I haven't been down there in a while. But I remember once seeing uh, Jack Samuel Warner be absolutely amazing, just funniest sin. And I could tell that all these hipsters were loving it, but you could tell they're all like, "I'm—I'm I'm afraid I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm, far too cool to laugh." You know, he's very funny. If I laugh, my skinny jeans might rupture. <laughs> you know, it's—it is what it is. That's comedy.
0: Yeah. What's because um, I've been. Comedy's led me to interesting places and doing interesting things mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done, like filming with the Kitten Killers on Monday yeah. and doing then this that and the other. What's what's the best thing that you've
1: done that's purely come from comedy? Um, I've done, I I did a couple of online sitcom pilots, ah. um, but I have done a little bit of acting earlier on in my in my career. Yeah, um, but nothing you know, nothing too serious. It's one of those things. It's um, I think comedy makes you lose your inhibitions. And the yes. one thing that Hill said and Logan said on the course, which are, you know, one of the things they said, never say no to anything. Yeah. And that's true. And when you're on stage and you, you've lost yourself on stage and you've died in your ass a couple of times and you've got a good, a good round of applause or you've won the cup or you've got a foreign competition or you just had a good performance, you realise that when you lose your inhibitions and you just think, you know what, I can do anything. Yeah. I'm not going to go, all you know, affirmation. You can do any, you can rule the world. <laughs> But, you know, you get people, especially with comedy. You might do the course or you might do comedy and you realise that performing's not for you, but you've got a good turn of phrase. Yes. Um, I've got a couple of friends who, are, when I first started doing it in 2009, they, they were on stage and they, they didn't enjoy being on stage. They, they became writers, you know. Ah. One of them writes for radio. There's a couple who write for, you know, uh, BBC. Yeah. And you just, it's the best way to do it. It will lead you on to anything you want it to lead you on to. And if you can go up on stage, whether it's in front of five people, 50 people, or 500, and just stand there, you're doing more than most people have ever had the balls to do. What's the biggest crowd you've ever done? Um, uh, Probably when I did Up the Creek, uh, one to watch in 2010, I think it was. So, a full Up the Creek. So, I'm not sure how many that is. It's similar size to the
0: comedy store, isn't it? Yeah. So probably yeah. four hundred. I've done up the creek when there was twelve people in there.
1: Oh, I've done it. I, I used to love going down. There. I've been down there for ages. I, you know, and Polly and David, who run the Thursday night, are brilliant people. Um, uh, really bad having been in touch actually, but um, I love it. I love it. And I've been I've been there when there's five man and his dog, <laughs> and I've been there when it when it's packed to the rafters. Yeah. And I, I genuinely, I've always. I, Alex, my, my former comedy cohort, will say to me that I hated weird gigs, that yep. I always got nervous when something weird happened. But in hindsight, they're actually more fun, because you think, do you know what? If this goes well, I can do it in front of five people. If it doesn't, only five people were there. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's better to die on your ass in front of five than 500. Oh, I've done that, yeah.
0: There's one gig I did recently. It was literally, there was five people in the whole room. That was, it was four acts and a comp- gong
1: <laughs> What What's the biggest you've done then? Comedy store, gong show. Oh, you see... So, I have not uh, done the gong show because no? I don't see the point. It was my very first gig. Your first gig? First the gong gig. show? I had, had no idea. Nutter.
0: No, Because like, a friend of mine did, the, did a course in Dubai. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he came over and did the gong show. So we went and watched him. And he, he did all right. And I, I just thought, I could do this. So then I signed up. And I would not done the course at the time. So I had no idea what to do. I didn't know where I had to stand. I didn't know when I was on. So I was just sitting at the, right at the back with my friends, and every time that someone's name was read out, we we're going, "Oh, it's not you." And eventually, I went on last,
1: and managed two, um, three and a half minutes. That's great. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, you much kudos because I don't think I'd last three and a half minutes because I went there just after I'd started. I went down to see uh, Rob Beckett. Right. He, he was relatively new then. He was doing the Gong Show, and I'd met him a few times, and I thought we'd we'll go down moral support. And I went one month, and then the second month, and the third month. And each time, I saw very good acts who I now have seen many times, and are, you know some of them telly acts, obviously Rob being one of them, um, who didn't last more than a minute because yeah. there was this same group. It doesn't matter that they were Australian, but they were. <laughs> their monthly workout in was to go to the comedy store and heckle. So when the act – yeah, they just went, you know, and, and thing was, it was it was dangerous heckling because mm. it wasn't it wasn't just they didn't like your, your your comedy. If if a fat guy got on stage, we go. Fuck off, you fat bastard. Right. If it was a ginger guy, ginger. If it was the only thing they would stop, and I think Tez, who hosts this, will deny, will, will not agree with me because I think he had an awful experience there. But the only thing they seem to stop at is racism and sexism. Ah. And even sexism, you probably get a token tits out for the lads if a girl's gone on stage. Yeah. And I just thought, what's the point? The prize is, or was, you got a spot at the comedy store. But why would you want to, you know, why would you want to put yourself through that? It's such fun. I've done oh, it three it? times now. Is it though?
0: No. Well, <laughs> every time I've done it, I've got I've got less and less time.
1: Uh, well, I think the first time I went down, I think Ian Stone was comparing. It's the first time he compared and the voice from the, the beyond, you know, yeah. the, the guy who was running. Two or three people got through. They did the five minutes. And hallelujah. And then the voice from above said, um, Ian, before you get the next one, and remember, we don't want them all to go through. So can you put them off, please? Uh, and I was like, well, there you go. That's yeah. the reason I don't want to do this. You know, yeah. you could turn around and say, oh, well, it's a challenge, you know. You know, beat them at their own game, but what if I've done really well for a minute and a half and then they're allowed to put the cards up, yeah. and all of a sudden they hear the comp here go, Right, your <coughs> cards can go up now, hint, hint, and you're like, Oh, well, yeah. I remember seeing a guy called Christian Ancliffe there, I think he won the night, or he definitely got to five minutes because he got two cards in two minutes. Or well, when do they do it? Is it a minute? Yeah, they can start putting the cards up. I think up. they can do it straight away. Well, he got two cards, and he spent two minutes berating the two people who gave mm. him two cards, but he was so funny at eh? it, the yeah. third one didn't want to put the card up, and yeah. I thought that. It's brilliant, but at the same time, you haven't done a set. You've just riffed on, on red cards. Exactly you can't do that every time.
0: Yeah, Russell Hicks did that. He won it.
1: You know, unless you've got unless you've got a really strong five minutes. Yeah, I remember one guy won, and he was an Australian guy, and he did this really good set about uh, the underground, about each stop he got to, yeah. and what happened there, and uh, what he'd done to people, and <laughs> what the station meant. And he got to the five minutes, and then him and another guy got through. So they gave him another two minutes, and they said to him, and go, and he went... Where was I? I was at Greenwich. And then just, <laughs> like, like the last hour hadn't happened. And yep. I thought, that is how to do it. Ah. Ignore the red cards. Just go for it. Yeah. But, oh,
0: no, I such, I haven't done it. I'm not going to do it for a while, no. I don't think. Friend said, don't do it unless you think you can win it. As soon as I've even got the Cavendish Cup oh, yet. No. <laughs> You'll get the Cavendish Cup one day. <laughs> yeah, that, that tenner's in the envelope over there. It's so. 20. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually 20.
1: It's gone up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, speaking of which, I better get on with getting this place yeah. sorted for it. Well, thank you for coming on. No, no, no. Thank you very much for having me. For, for the purposes pleasure. of the listeners, I'm shaking the wrong <laughs> hand. Thank you. Okay. And, yeah, well, thanks, mate. Thanks. Good luck with you all. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.